flitting and scuttling of bugs. The town was founded by a family of Greeks back at the start of the 19th century, although they were long gone by the beginning of the 20th. Indeed, nobody was entirely sure how they had ended up in this part of Maine to begin with, and the only remaining clue to its origins lay in its name. Boreas, a northern outpost called after the Greek god of winter and the north wind, Was it any wonder, Soames sometimes thought, that its survival as a vacation destination had always been tenuous. They should have just named it Arctic South and had done with it. Soames was driving slowly through Boreas on this fine April morning. Everyone drove slowly through Boreas. Its thoroughfares were narrow. Even Bay Street, the main drag, was a bitch to negotiate if cars were parked on both curbs and anyone who'd been in town longer than a wet afternoon learned to push in his side mirrors if he wanted them to be intact when he returned. And the local police liked nothing better than to meet their ticket quotas by pulling over motorists who were even fractionally over the speed limit. It might also have been something to do with the area's later Germanic heritage, which encouraged a certain sense of order and adherence to the tenets of the law. German Lutherans had first come to Maine in the middle of the 18th century, settling in what was now Waldeboro, but was then known as Broad Bay. They had been promised houses, a church, and supplies, none of which materialized, and instead found themselves marooned in a hostile landscape. They resorted to building temporary shelters and hunting local game, and the weakest among them didn't survive that first winter. Later, they fought the French and the Indians, and communities were split during the Revolutionary War between those who sided with the Americans in the cause of liberty and those who were reluctant to break their oath of allegiance to the English crown. By then, the Germans were firmly established in Maine. Sometime in the late 19th century, a bunch of them made their way to Boreas, usurped the Greeks, and had been there ever since. The town's register of voters boasted Ackermans, Baumgartners, Hubers, Kusters, Vogels, and Vexlers. Farther down the coast, in the town of Perna, named after the town in Saxony from which its homesick founders hailed, were more Germans, and even a small number of German Jews, a scattering of Arnsteins, Bingens, Lewins, Rossmans, and Voxmans. Soames, who was English on his great-grandfather's side and Welsh on his great-grandmother's, although for some reason nobody in his family liked to talk about the Welsh part, regarded them all in the same light. Everyone was a potential client. Although he could recall his grandfather's strong opinions on the Germans, a consequence of his great-grandfather's experiences during World War I and his own memories of World War II, Being shot at for years by men of a particular nationality will tend to impact negatively upon one's view of them. Soames left Bay Street behind and turned onto Burgess Road. He paused outside the sailmaker. The doors were closed, and he could see no signs of life. He'd already made his pitch to the Tabers to act as realtor for the property, and Frank had promised to call him later that day. Soames would miss the sailmaker— It had boasted a pretty good bar, and he enjoyed shooting the breeze with Donna Burton, who bartended there on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and weekends. She was the kind of flirtatious divorcee who kept customers returning, or male customers anyway, female customers being less susceptible to her charms, 
and also strangely reluctant to let their unaccompanied husbands or boyfriends spend significant amounts of time in her presence. Soames didn't know what Donna would do now that the sailmaker was closing. She lived down in Perna, where she worked as a secretary, and her part-time summer hours at the sailmaker had made the difference between a comfortable winter and one in which the thermostat was kept a couple of degrees lower than ideal. Maybe Fred Amsel at the Blackbird Bar and Grill would give her a few hours, if his wife Erica allowed him. Donna would bring her sailmaker customers with her, and Fred would be competing with the brick house for their business. Maybe Soames would have a word with Fred about it, and Fred could then broach the subject with Erica. Mrs. Amsel might have looked like someone who had repeatedly had a door slammed shut in her face, with a temperament to match. But she was no fool when it came to money. Who knows, thought Soames, but when Donna heard about his efforts on her behalf, she might.